Welcome to the Future Print Podcast, celebrating print technology and the people behind it. Oh, well, welcome. Thank you very much for joining us on this Future Print session. And I'm very pleased to have Mark Graindors of Agfa with me. Mark, good to see you. Good to hear you. Thanks, Fraser. Not been a long time yeah. since I met you last time. This time. Yeah, I mean, you are always a popular podcaster when we have you on, so that's good. And you're also a popular presenter, so people like to hear what you have to say. The topic today is really looking at UV inkjet inks for industrial applications and thinking a little bit about those applications and the possibilities, what the trends are, uh, what's happened in the market, where things are going, any insight that you have. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna just discuss around that. Mark, listen, for anyone who doesn't know you, and I know most people do, just give us a really quick: Who are you? So I, by by my studies, I'm a chemist. Although hmm. you might argue that at the moment, <laughs> <laughs> after so many years in business, uh, taking care of all parts of which is important of having good consumables, mm-hmm. injets, inks, and fluids and varnishes and primers and so on mm-hmm. that serve mainly the industrial industries. Meaning yep. industrial industries, strange word maybe, but what I mean is, okay, we have of course consumables for sign and display for promotion, mm-hmm. but I have been focusing since 2007 on packaging, on decorative printing, mm. product printing in various fields of industries. and. And that's really what is important in in this field is what is the connection to the industry and to their manufacturing process. That's a key element in in the evolution of the chemistry, I would say. Mm, mm. And first of all, we now talk about UV, but to make it clear, I'm a believer of the coexistence. UV inkjet is growing, water-based inkjet is growing. They each have their own strengths and they will stick around for as long as I'm active. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll talk about that. But um, I'm interested to get your perspective. As you said yourself, you've you've been in this sort of industrial applications for inkjet for quite a long time. So so similar to us in terms of the evolution, you know, when we launched Imprint, you know, there's a sense, isn't there, that certain markets had uh, quick takeoff, like ceramics, for example, Uh, Mm -hmm. others that were opportunities. Um, let's let's just take it back a little bit. And obviously, you've got the FESPA show coming up in May. Um, I'm interested to find out what the sign and display market is doing and how they might have seen opportunities in things like decor. So, so give us a little bit of that. That's the key question, huh? because I think sign and display is not covering anymore the application mix that mm. people that using a, a scanning, a wide format UV printer are using it for. Uh, of course, uh, a big part of the work, the, the work they're doing is still sign and display, but we see that many of those are looking to decorative printing, which are typically shorter runs, but they sell it at the highest square meter price. So they make probably more margin on that part of the business, but of course they need the sign and display to cover, like say, the basics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and for some of them, it's still the main thing. But we see it clearly in evolution, and it's a bit coupled to to ink choice and to to uh, to what you see as a as a long term shift in the st- type of systems they they tend to buy. 
mm. which you, has gone from from flatbeds originally rigid to row to row but basically today most popular is a hybrid yeah. in the sense that it can use a board and a roll media yeah. yeah and all kind in between even yeah. printing on some products which are not completely flat so there is this this change to flexibility which which of course put pressure on your ink chemistry mm. how general purpose is your ink performance yeah to not change the ink you do not want to swap an ink on, yeah. on the right format yeah so therefore your your ink chemistry has a has evolved to being able to print on a large number of substrates type of applications but also what comes on top eh? so very well known in industry is that you have let's say three years outdoor with a good uv ink mm -hmm. unprotected yeah but if you have a good protective overcoat on top of it which are jetted mm -hmm. you can extend it above the 10 years which wow, is very yeah. important yeah. for architects eh? of course so that's an example of what I want to discuss a bit with you today is do you go the full inject way, the full digital way, or do you make a combination yeah. in your process with what you already have? The existing primer or varnish processes or pretreatment mm. processes, mm. and you mm. just adjust your ink formulation to fit with that. Mm. Mm. There are and many I, cases huh, in that. So yeah, and I guess the general you, answer. As you said, um, that's thinking a bit about the sort of outdoor graphic market, isn't it? Um, yeah. What you said there. Mm. But there's just one case. Huh? When you look to your car, interior in your car, but sure. it gets very hot after behind the window. It's for your car might last 20 years or get an old timer. You never know. Huh? Um, yep. And so it can be very hot. You have the light. You can you can clean with water and detergent. So even inside your car, it's it's very hard environment for your for your image. Mm -hmm. So also there, protection could be of interest. And a lot of cars today have a series mm -hmm. of, let's say, 500 to 1,000 pieces only, unique cars that have a certain decoration where inject perfectly fits. Mm -hmm. And we see that, for instance, that the attention for that is growing strongly. Yeah, and who would be asking for that? Is that the printer or is it the manufacturer? That's or the typically the, the tier one supplier, as yeah, they call yeah. them. Yeah, the yeah. one who's, who's not part of the big brand name, but is a key supplier that directly delivers just in time, typically, the shares, the pieces, the, yeah. the dashboard. To the assembler, to the assembler who assembles all the parts yeah. together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. And then I, I guess that gives us a little bit of insight into sort of sign and graphic. What about the decorative marketing, marking, the decorative printing side of things? Yeah. About, you know, furniture, auto, uh, furniture, flooring, uh, edge plant. Um, yeah, I know, I know you do a lot in that. Yeah, yeah, but to be honest, last year was tough. Yeah. Uh, due to the energy prices, the, mm. the concern of those companies was not printing, was mm. more how can we pay our bill of the energy? Surviving, yeah. yeah. Survive on that, maybe do investments, clever investments on the field of energy uh, cost reduction or mm. energy consumption reduction. Mm. So the investment level for digital printers in the field of decorative was really low uh, in the whole world, basically. Mm. But, but the good news is that we see a revival. We see, first of all, revival of the volume they print. That's good. It's happening today. 
Yep. Uh, and of course, uh, every kind of crisis is often an opportunity for a new technology. Absolutely. In digital printing, it's not different for digital. Mm -hmm. Uh, just Mark, out of curiosity, are there any particular sectors or geographic areas that are particularly interesting? I mean, you're seeing growth. Well, it growth? depends also, of course, which type of flooring or furniture is popular in some regions. Mm. Uh, um, laminate is, is very popular in Europe, yep. Western and Eastern. Yep, yep. So here we see a lot of interest in, in the flooring. Mm -hmm. uh, furniture is more, more worldwide. Yep, yep. Um, so it depends indeed. Huh? Um, the US, South America, what about there? I would say investment climate is typically higher in uh, in, in the, the Americas than in Europe, mm. but I expect Europe to pick up soon. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with you. We, we notice similarly, certainly the US seem to be not suffering so much from the, from the fuel crisis um, and possibly government investment on certain things was in front of, of Europe. So yeah, I think similarly, we, we see the same. Um, and obviously that's always interesting. In fact, that's partly why we're exploring doing the, our event in, in New York, where we're uh, taking over a few Euro Europeans, including including someone from Agfa, to, to go to a manufacturing event, because we think that opportunity is there in the US and we want to explore that, so interesting. Um, when you're thinking about decorative, are we talking UV ink here? And, and of course, why? we do also water-based. Yeah, of but course. focusing on UV in this case, mm. uh, an edge band is always my favorite example to yep. use yep. because it's short run. It's uh, the open head time of UV ink is very favorable in that setup mm -hmm. where you print a job 10 to 40 minutes, then you have some open time when you change a job. Mm -hmm. Could be a substrate that differently is bulk colored. Yeah, yeah. So you have to change the substrate. Don't worry about about the print heads. They stay yep. in good condition during that time. Even if you go large, yep. no maintenance necessary. So UV is there um, a good fit for adhesion, um, a good color gamut, a good gloss. Mm -hmm. yeah, because here mm -hmm. typically it's not low gloss they're looking for. Um, the ink we have developed is IKEA compliant, which is becoming the industry standard. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, interesting. That's a, a, a trend that is very notice, noticeable mm. to us. Mm. It was mm. not an argument a few years ago. Oh, nice to have. Now is the first question. Even if they do not supply to IKEA, the first question is, are you compliant with the IKEA guidelines? That's interesting. Yeah. And they're effective. They are quite good guidelines, both yeah. on what should be the ink chemistry, but also on the end result. Yep. What is the indoor air quality resulting from having that furniture in your living room? Mm. So we have been there to that to that process, chemical-wise, but also print result-wise and pass. Yep, it's definitely one of the key elements that is triggering uh, edge band and other parts of furniture, of course. Yeah, and and will happen more. Now, Next listen, is of course, that that you can can make the colors that they want. So we yeah. have chosen to have a wide palette of, of inks and you can choose if you have like natural stone colors go for more traditional cmyk if you want to go really in the wood colors you have we have a special wood yellow and wood red ink to cover that color gamut mm -hmm. i was going to ask That's about the, the, the ink options because obviously they are but edge banding is you know as you said it could be to create 
wood effect, marble effect, black, matte, black. You know, there's lots of different sort of in, you know, it's how what you might see in, in, in internal decor, isn't it? So, so I wonder, mm-hmm. had you have you adjusted your ink palettes to suit the, the requirements for the edge bending market? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we have we have learned the market and we have good partners in this field. So we learned what exactly their needs are in all aspects. Yeah. Uh, also in the manufacturing process, what happens before, what happens after. Mm. Uh, you, you you cut your print on, on let's say 33 centimeter and then you cut the bands out. Uh. Yeah, sure. Your ink cannot uh, crack off when you cut it through the print, etc. There's so many requirements and color consistency actually. Uh, is a key word. Huh? Yeah. Um, why? Because batch to batch, they they are looking to the metamorphism, which means that they have a, a, a light chamber uh, where they put in the prints and they check on different light conditions. What is the variation on my color impression I get hmm. by looking into it in different light conditions? Ah, oh, interesting. Yeah, of course, makes so sense. It's very very hard on that aspect. Yeah, 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 yeah that's good. It gives you a bit of an added value there, which is interesting. And, and that's actually, what I meant with working with the industry. Learning I was going to say, responding to customers' requirements specifically. It's going deep dive into that process. Yeah, interesting. The EcoPrint Summit is the first and only event 100% focused on sustainable print technology and production. You can enjoy inspirational presentations, interactive roundtables, workshops with sustainability experts and much more. Be part of important conversations, inspiring action and influencing positive change at PAL Expo in Geneva, Switzerland on the 6th and 7th of June 2023. Go to ecoprint.events to buy your ticket now. Now listen, when we talk, when you were talking at the beginning about sign and digital, you mentioned many new printers are sort of hybrids. I'm interested in this this, this this kind of discussion about fully digital versus hybrid what's what's you know where's it sit in the market what's what do you see this the split well, it's, it's actually not linked to sign and display only we see it everywhere and it has more to do with um i have a process and we have customers that use let's say a very small range of substrates yeah those you do by preferably by ink only and that does the job but if you have a broad range of plastics, which includes like PMMA, polycarbonate, um, uh, polystyrene, so a bit more challenging for, for, for having good adhesion, mm-hmm. while PVC, ABS, uh, paper and so on could be easy. So avoiding an ink swap, so going for a certain ink chemistry, which is very high in color gamut, which is cheap, which is performing as you want, but have yep. not always the perfect adhesion on the full range of substrates, mm-hmm. their jettable UV primer mm-hmm. can be a very good solution and can even extend the range to metal, to glass, to direct on wood, to a very large range. You never change ink, you use the, the primer if you want to use it. So it's on there, you have a, a hat jetting the primer, you have an LED to cure it, mm-hmm. placed before you in the same line, in the same setup, before you're going to apply the ink, and you decide on the substrate, now I use primer, now I don't use it. Mm-hmm. Of course, in case you have really a digital 
application where your coverage percentage of the surface area that you pass through the printer is relatively low, mm -hmm. the more interested you become to use such a primer. You just mm -hmm. prime where you need it and you put ink on top. Mm -hmm. In the end, it's fully cured as a package. Mm -hmm. That gives you the adhesion. Mm -hmm. Interesting that is approach. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you know spot varnish very well. Spot yeah. varnish, you do the opposite. You you bring a spot varnish accent to the print by just putting varnish where you want a glossy effect compared to the overall effect, like mm -hmm. a woman's dress on on a mega, on a picture of a, a fashion uh, poster. Huh? Yeah, yeah. And, and what do you think the real kind of advantages of this are? Well, having a fixed system that is is usable for for a broad range of applications on different substrates mm -hmm. and always use the same primer and ink in one fixed combination. Yeah, that's perfectly good, matched. Huh? And that's a key advantage. Yeah. And this is now a case in UV. By the way, we do the same in a water-based ink approach. Huh? Yep. Depending on where you have a large variety of substrates, you make that your ink always lands on the same dried primer. Mm. Huh? And here you do it on a cured primer and you, you bring your ink on that cured primer and, and you divide a bit of functionality. You can make a primer with good adhesion, which is not disturptive or interactive, making a non-stable ink by having color inside. So by splitting it apart, you get much more options in the chemistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So thinking going forward, what, what do you sense is next as the opportunities? What, what are the sort of... Well, I always say more of the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a huge step for man landing on the moon, mm -hmm. but more like a lot of small steps in, in different directions. Mm -hmm. And the directions are the different applications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you, see, you see industries working as examples for the others. And that's what we need. And that's what, what shows like Lichna, which is in decorative in May in Hanover. Yeah. Yeah. Shows like Imprint, Vespa. Vespa. I'm always surprised how many other industries visit Vespa to learn mm, what mm, is the, the progress in inkjet. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? When you look for future print events, mm. huh? yeah. what we learn from each other, wow, translate a, a project in another field to your own project, in your mm. own field. Mm. I think that's what we learn from each other. Yeah, I think that's right. Is that, it's, it's often... That you, I mean, it's, it's like we've done before. I, it, it was really interesting. I was listening to people who'd been very experienced in inkjet and ceramics, and they were talking about corrugated. And I was thinking, how does that align? It's just they're just so different in terms of the topic. But they're saying we've learned things that we can apply to the corrugated market that we learned in the ceramics market. And you're thinking, how? But yeah, you're right. There's there's often. As we know, with industrial applications, it's it's very project based, and it's very much about I have a very specific need, and I need to get it right for that need. I think what what ceramics did very well is the learned economics, and mm. so where is the advantage of inkjet economical wise? Mm, mm, mm. And and that's what we also do today in in the laminates, in the edge band, in in corrugated. You look mm. to the not only to the investment, but to the running cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much consumables do I need? Huh? But the first, first question for me is not the price per liter, but is the price per printed square meter. Mm. It's a total other intake, but is the right one. Because it all depends on how much 
primer één gevaar is, if you need all three, you need to put down. Mm. And then calculate. Huh? Yeah, that makes sense. Now listen, I, I, as we come to the end of this, I just want to ask a couple of other quick questions about what you foresee and what you saw. So we were recently together in imprint. Did you see anything really interesting there? Did you notice anything that was kind of uh, a trend? That's the first well, question. And second question is, we go towards Vespa, and mm -hmm. whether there's anything you would like to see there that maybe we aren't <laughs> seeing. So, yeah, imprint and, and, and CCE, yeah, because it was a very yeah, sure. yeah, head mode, right, which right. Is, is, is good. It's huh? good, yeah. Um, well, I would like to use my quote from a few minutes before, more of the same, um, meaning partnership is a key in the industry and, and you see it you see it on every boot. Yeah, you know the yeah. people, you see who talks to who, you see how it was, was announced to cooperate together, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. which is at the heart of our industry is cooperation. Yeah, yeah. Everybody at its strength, using, working together for the industry to make it happen. Uh, so I would say- Good point. That is taken up as, as a standard model, more or less. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I like that. Huh? Um, and as I said, the application scope is going wider and wider. And, and mm. we still, on a show like, like Imprint, you see, mm. we see only part of what is, of the what possibility. is possible to show. Huh? Uh, there has always been, yeah, there is so much happening behind the screens. Yeah, that's the reality. Huh? Um, and as you said, Ligner is around the corner. That's a mm -hmm. wood based uh, show, but you'll see things that are interesting there. From yeah, the it's also interpack in May. Yeah, it's actually a very busy season. Yeah, yeah, true. Uh, to, to watch everything what is happening. Yep, true. Um, but Lichna is, of course, interesting in decoration. Vespa is mainly sun and display with some, some side tracks, I would say, mm -hmm. and especially mm -hmm. the customers that visit us. Mm -hmm. Then we have the Ecoprint, because, of course, sustainability very is an uh, unstoppable trend. Huh? Yeah, yeah, and you have water-based inks, don't you? Yeah, but is per se a UV ink not sustainable? I would not dare to say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to look to the full system, to the full yeah. approach. Uh, think about the, the LED curing, which is very low energy. True, very true. So that is definitely an advantage of UV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Huh? Less less energy than other curing systems. That's that's absolutely yeah. true. It's most effective on that aspect. So it's and, and digital and digital as well is is in its own nature very low a sustainable waste, product. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That. So you can really have very low print maintenance, very low waste. Mm -hmm. The one-off really is proven. Huh? So um, there are a lot of advantages of UV that you get uh, in a real digital approach. Yeah, absolutely. Mark, listen, we're coming to the end. Was there anything you wanted to add in the final moment as we're talking? Was there anything specifically that you wanted to address uh, for the listener? Well, I think the the advantage of doing a regularly basis and a podcast is that you can can focus on the on the evolution part yeah, and see agreed. and comment on it. And after a, a show like Imprint, you have seen some, you have talked to many people, you you are aware of of the, the actual status of the industry. You see mm. what's happening. You talk to, to new uh, application fields. Mm. So it, it's a confirmation in that respect that we, um, that we see the evolution. And I, I did this, um, this blog for you on your website mm. the, the week before imprint, I think, on the yep. 
the difference between fully digital and hybrid. And, and I invite uh, listeners to read that again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because um, I think that this is also a teaser, I would call it, hmm. to make you think about how should I look to my process. Yeah. And, and for me, that was a learning curve. Ten years ago, we started to learn the application, to learn the process. And that's hmm. the right way. We still do that. And, and every time new applications and I would invite people coming from an application, coming from an industry to be open to say, oh, Inject can fit into my existing process. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. Think that's for me the key element. Yeah, I think that's very true and um, always a good a good point to finish on. Mark, it's been great to speak to you again. Hope to catch up with you soon. I'm sure we will. Um, very interesting and what we'll do is we'll make sure that your contact details are on the bottom of the show notes uh, from today's podcast. If anyone wants to contact you and uh, I'm sure you and I will catch up again, uh, maybe later in the year with another podcast. Thank you, Mark. It would be nice. Thank you, Fraser. Thanks for your time and uh, see you soon. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe now for more great audio content coming up and visit futureprint.tech for the latest news, partner interviews, in-depth industry research, and to catch up on content from FuturePrint events. We'll see you next time on the FuturePrint podcast.